Have you ever seen somebody who has just like incredible influence over others that just them doing something makes other people want to do the same thing? Have you seen that? Uh, I've gotten to see that with uh, uh, Sully. So I don't know if you guys know this or not. Sully, uh, my nine-year-old, has a uh, beautiful mullet. It's gorgeous. Got it permed recently. Um, it's going curly, all that stuff. And what's been funny has been, as, as odd as a, uh, a haircut that has been, all of his friends have been like, we want mullets. And all their parents are like, we hate you. Um, but it's this wild influence of just, uh, just seeing just him doing this. So this is what we're called to be as a church. No, I'm not saying all of us need to have mullets. We're called to stand out so much in the world with our character, our attitudes, and specifically our love for each other, that people want what they see in us. If we do this and we keep the gospel on our lips, God can turn our world upside down. That's what we're going to study today. So turn to Acts chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 5. We're only doing a few verses today. We're going to wrap up this little part of Thessalonica. Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 5. Verse 5 says, or the first part of verse 5 says, But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked uh, men of rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar. Okay, so if you'll remember, Paul and Silas were uh, bringing the gospel to Thessalonica. There was, uh, they went to the synagogue. There were some uh, Jewish people that got saved. A whole bunch of Greek believers that, that weren't part of the faith believed. And even some like leading women. So that lots of people were like, hey, we want this Jesus to save us. This is a, an amazing moment. But the Jews were jealous. That word means to experience strong envy and resentment against someone. So it's like saying the phrase, if I can't have it, you shouldn't have it either. Anybody ever felt that way? Oh, man, sorry. We're not being truthful today. That's okay. Um, this is an easily confused word, right? Because in the Bible, we'll see God, God says, I'm a jealous God, right? So we can confuse what is okay and what is not okay when it comes to this word jealousy. And part of it is because we have multiple words in Greek and in Hebrew for jealousy where we have one that we use here. God has a right and that he has a righteous desire to have what is rightfully his. What belongs to God? Everything. So is it okay for him to say, that's mine and nobody else can take it from me? Yes, it is his. <laughs> Just as I'm not going to share my wife, Jesus is not going to share his, right? Who is Jesus' wife? The church, right? So that kind of jealousy, that's not what it's talking about. This is envy. Envy is when you, when you desire something that is not yours and are bitter against those who have it. So I don't have that and I'm mad that you do because if I can't have it, you shouldn't either. See, Paul and Silas, they didn't have anything of their own. So what these uh, Jewish people are jealous of is not something that Paul and Silas had themselves. What they had was the power of the Holy Spirit and a message of, salva of salvation that brought eternal change to a large number of people in, Th in Thessalonica. The Jewish people envied this power. And they didn't want the Holy Spirit. What they wanted is the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the power to make people come and uh, uh, follow me or listen to me. I want the power to, to bring this change. And they couldn't have it. That's why I was wrong. They were jealous, so they started gathering up wicked people. That word wicked means pertaining to possessing serious fault and consequently being worthless. 
Okay, if you're wanting to gossip, who do you go to? A gossiper, right? I'm glad nobody pointed. Um, that's good. If you want to gossip, you go to gossipers. That's where you know you're going to be able to gossip. When you're wanting to stir up trouble, who do you go to? Pot stirrers, right? You know who to go to. When you're wanting to bring destruction in someone's life, who do you go to? Wicked and worthless people. So the Jewish people were jealous and they go and they find some worthless people among the rabble is what it's called. And it literally means it's a, a men in the marketplace is what the literal translation is, translation is but it's somebody who's lo, a loafer, a loiter, or a bum. So one of our biggest struggles with uh, this is that the rabble can be found anywhere, right? Faithful Christians are greatly outnumbered in this world. This could cause fear in this story, but we'll see that it shouldn't. So you find all these wicked men, they form a mob. Man, is this not getting a little bit tired in Acts, right? This is the like mode throughout every single city. They come in, bring the gospel, people get saved. It's this wonderful thing. Jealous people make a mob every time. Mobs are so easy to form, easy to point in a direction, and they will do evil things that the individuals that comprise them would probably never do on their own. They seem powerful, don't they? They look scary and they cause damage. We see that what this mob does, they go out to cause an uproar. This means to cause people to riot against someone. Mobs will create a lot more noise, a lot of noise, and are likely to cause physical harm, aren't they? They will grow with others who want to participate in harming things and people. The uproar they bring will be scary, painful, and quick. But guess what they will never do? Mobs will never bring lasting change. They can't. So then uh, they, they, they formed this mob and they attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. The word attack means to use sudden physical force against someone as the outgrowth of a hostile attitude. This is what mobs do. They attack anyone who opposes them. It's almost like saying, the only good color is yellow. Oh, you like gray? Okay, now we have to fight, right? That's the, the simplified, oversimplified version of what a mob mentality is. Mobs are not known for rational discussions, are they? Anybody ever wanna go to a mob and be like, hey, can we talk about uh, politics? It's not gonna go well. So they attacked the house of Jason. This is the house that the church met in. Jason hosted the first church in Thessalonica. Every church in the New Testament uh, met in this way. They, met, they go there to the house of Jason. They attack because they're trying to bring them to the crowd. This was a mob made up of a bunch of people, but they were being led by one enemy. Satan's tactic to, uh, tactic to attack Christians has always included isolating them from their church family. We are so much weaker alone and so much more likely to fail. Now, this is a physical separation, right? They're trying to actually get Paul and Silas and drag them away from their church to isolate them, to attack them. But how many times is this truth evident in our lives spiritually, right? 
where Satan tries to isolate us away, bring us out to, uh, outside of the church, outside of our friends, outside of the people that can walk like with us, bear burdens with us. And in that isolation, how much failures have we walked through? Let's read verse six. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the, some of the brothers before the, church, before the city authorities. It's interesting. They couldn't find Paul and Silas. So if we can't get Paul and Silas, let's just hurt someone else. Mobs don't typically care for their true cause as much as they care about accomplishing their goal of destruction. It doesn't matter who's hurt as long as someone is. So they take the guy who opened his home up to the church. They drag him into the street to face the mob. Imagine this feeling. Imagine being home. It's not been much time. You, you're aware the church has started meeting. And all of a sudden, this mob appears outside your house, beating on your door. They're demanding, give us Paul and Silas. And you're saying, I, they're not here. So suddenly the mob turns on you and drags you out in the street. Not just him, but some of the brothers. They didn't just take Jason. They took some of the other church members as well. Again, think of this happening here and today. A mob shows up, walks in, give us these guys. If not, then I'm going to take some of you out to the streets for justice there. All because you brought the gospel. They're being brought before the city authorities. This is a public official responsible for administrative matters within a town or city and a member of the ruling council, such as a political unit. They brought Jason and the church members to stand in front of the governing officials of Thessalonica, where they were going to have a mock trial where they could have faced any number of punishments. Shouting, so they brought them before these people and they, they're shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. This was no calm conversation, right? Mobs shout and scream like toddlers who must get their way, right? It says that they turned the world upside down. I love this. I'm not even even attempt. This is like a 15, uh, um, 15 letters in each of these words for the Greek phrase here. So we're just going to leave that alone. Just say this. this. The words mean, the phrase means to cause people to rebel against or to reject the norms of Roman culture. This is amazing. Mobs are large groups of angry people who can cause an uproar. They can do it, right? They can stir it up to where there's an uproar. Small groups of committed believers, however, can turn the world upside down. They can reject the norms of the culture they live in. They can bring the gospel to the highest and the lowest in their society because we have common ground in our sin. Church, we have to reject the temptation of being a mob. A lot of church people have chosen to be mobs, right? Anybody ever seen the church mobs? Let's get an angry group of people to storm the castle and yell and scream till we get our way. Let's reject that. Let's commit to being a small group of people 
who simply walk with the gospel on our lips wherever God takes us and watch him turn the world upside down. He says, and they're saying, those people, they're turning the world upside down. They don't even look like Romans anymore. We don't want that. They're changing things. They changed it there. They're trying to change it here. They've come here also. Thessalonica thought it was safe from the gospel. Uh Uh-oh. But God commanded all of us to bring the gospel to all of them. All of them means everyone, right? So who in your life needs to hear the gospel from you? It's very easy to think someone else should do it, right? But here's the problem. Like if you're saying, well, maybe one of our elders should do it. Yes, absolutely. I I would love to share the gospel with your friends. But do you know what? I don't have a relationship with them probably. And me coming in, what they're going to hear is, well, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Do you know what's going to mean so much to them? If you, as a friend, say, hey, I love you dearly, but I'm concerned because our faith changes everything. Do you know what's more odd for your friend than you sharing the gospel with them? Not. Because if, you, if they know that you're here this morning, you're in church, you have faith in Christ, you're saying, this faith has changed my life, but you've never mentioned it to them at all, that is a very odd thing. That's more uncomfortable for your friend because that means one of two things. Either you don't actually believe what you say you believe or you don't think they're worth the conversation. Who has God placed in your life that you need to share the gospel with? Because if we're a small group committed to bringing the gospel, the world could be turned upside down. And Jason has received them. They're all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king. Received means to accept the presence of a person with friendliness. So the focus goes back on Jason. They can't find Paul and Silas. They're going to hurt somebody. So like, Jason, he's supposed to be one of us. But he let them in his house. He welcomed this church to meet in his home. Jason is facing one of the promises that comes with our faith. Jesus promises that we'll suffer like he did. There is hardship that comes with being a believer that sticks with what Christ calls us to. The world's going to hate it. But that cost is infinitely insignificant compared to the gift of salvation. So they're being called out for acting against the decrees of Caesar. So there's a Roman law that you have to acknowledge that Caesar is a God. So you can believe in other gods, but you have to acknowledge him as one of your gods, have to. And second of all, he is the only king you're allowed to have in your life. That's it. But these people are saying there's another king. As Christians, we only have one sovereign king. We are called to respect Pray for and submit to our earthly authorities. But none of them are the king of kings. He must have absolute authority in our lives. Only he can be our Lord, just as only he can be our savior. Amen? Read verse eight. 
And the, people, uh, and the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. So these, the people. It's pretty easy to disturb people, isn't it? Anybody ever disturb somebody? <laughs> Thanks, Alex, yeah. Love you, buddy. I've got a knack for it too, actually. You know how you can disturb someone? Have an opinion. Simply have an opinion and you can make somebody's day terrible, right? Disturbed, this is, this is a strong one. This means to cause people to write against. These people were disturbed to the point they wanted to cause destruction. I'm so mad that you believe differently than me. I want to break things. Anybody ever wanted to just break? Who in here, who, who breaks things? Anybody, anybody do the loud cleaning? Who does that when you get in a fight with your spouse? The, the, the cabinet door closes just a little harder. I'm hurting feelings today. I'm sorry. Who, who throws things? Anybody do that? Who are the wall punchers? Come on, if this ever happened, raise your hand, ever. Oh, I'm, I'm getting some surprise ones. That's awesome. <laughs> I've never done any of those things. Or maybe I've done all of them. Um, Rin, she's a sweetheart. She can cause destruction. When you tell her she cannot have any more M&Ms, when you tell her it's the, the M&Ms, in case you didn't get that, uh, when it's the end of the M&Ms, she will, she's a... She, She'll destroy things. <laughs> they were disturbed to the point of wanting to cause destruction. If I don't get my way, I want to break things. They did it just when they heard this stuff. They just heard that this tiny church was bringing change to their city, and they lost their minds. You might not know this, but people can become very attached to the way they're used to doing things. It's weird, right? I know that's none of you. And the threat of change can cause people to choose terrible, sinful things. The reason is because each of us really struggle with selfishness, right? Deep down, we can struggle with, I want it my way, and if it's not, if it's not my way, I'm going to break it. But that looks nothing like Jesus Christ, does it? And when they had taken uh, money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So Jason had to post bond to not go to jail. The other people either had to post it, or we, we can assume Jason, as he's letting this church meet in his home, it's probably a big place and Jason's probably a wealthy man. There's, there's an assumption here that actually he's the one that pays bond for absolutely all of them to get out of jail. They got let go. There could have been so many more disastrous outcomes. This was certainly terrifying, but they could have been in prison or killed. The greatest news though, is not that they weren't in prison or weren't killed. The greatest news is that no matter what these authorities chose to do to them physically, their salvation could not be touched. That's why the world can be turned upside down by God, but only uproars caused by mobs. So that's where the choice comes down to. Do I want, what's, what side do I want to be on in this? Do I want to be a mob going about and demanding my way and destroying things that don't go the way I want them to? Or do I want to be a church 
committed to fully investing myself and bringing the gospel to the world because the gospel will turn the world upside down. It has power that no, nothing else does. What am I going to latch onto with all of my heart? If it's anything other than Christ, it is wrong. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I have just a couple of questions. Have you ever been a part of a mob? This is a group of people, regardless of size, that seek to cause harm and destroy things just because they don't get their way. If that's ever been where you've been, or if that's where you are today, will you take time to confess this and repent because it's wrong? My second question is a very simple one. Do you want to see our world turned upside down? If you answer yes to that, then all you have to commit to is one thing. Commit to being the church. Commit to bringing the gospel to the world. Start with those that God has already placed in your life and bring the gospel, telling them the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And watch as the world changes entirely around you. Lord, guide us to be a people who are committed to bringing the gospel to the lost. That we would forsake our chasing, our striving after all of these other things that have so much less value so we could focus on bringing your word to people that don't know you yet. Lord, forgive us for being mobs that are chasing after selfish things. Guide us to be your church which selflessly chases the gospel at any expense to ourselves. If we had let go of wanting the world to stay the same and we desire it to be flipped upside down by your gospel changing lives. In your name I pray, amen. Please stand and respond however God leads you.